This is section fifty two of Mark Twain, a biography. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain, a biography by Albert Bigelow Payne. Volume one, part one, eighteen thirty five to eighteen sixty six. Chapter fifty two A Commission to the Sandwich Islands. Whatever his first emotions concerning the success of Jim Smiley's frog may have been, the sudden astonishing leap of that batrachian into American literature gave the author an added prestige at home as well as in distant parts. Those about him were inclined to regard him, in some degree at least, as a national literary figure, and to pay tribute accordingly. Special honors began to be shown to him. A fine new steamer, the Ajax, built for the Sandwich Island trade, carried on its initial trip a select party of guests, of which he was invited to make one. He did not go, and reproached himself sorrowfully afterward. If the Ajax were back, I would go quick, and throw up my correspondence. She had fifty-two invited guests aboard, the cream of the town, gentlemen and ladies, and a splendid brass band. I could not accept, because there would be no one to write my correspondence while I was gone. In fact, the daily letter had grown monotonous. He was restless, and the Ajax excursion, which he had been obliged to forego, made him still more dissatisfied. An idea occurred to him. The sugar industry of the islands was a matter of great commercial interest to California, while the life and scenery there, picturesquely treated, would appeal to the general reader. He was on excellent terms with James Anthony and Paul Morrill of the Sacramento Union. He proposed to them that they send him as their special correspondent to report to their readers, in a series of letters, life, trade, agriculture, and general aspect of the islands. To his vast delight, they gave him the commission. He wrote home joyously now. I am to remain there a month, and ransack the islands, the cataracts, and volcanoes completely, and write twenty or thirty letters, for which they pay as much money as I would get if I stayed at home. He adds that, on his return, he expects to start straight across the continent by way of the Columbia River, the Pendore Lakes, through Montana, and down the Missouri River. Only two hundred miles of land travel from San Francisco to New Orleans. So it is. Man proposes, while fate, undisturbed, spins serenely on. He sailed by the Ajax on her next trip, March seventh, 1866, beginning his first sea voyage, a brand new experience, during which he acquired the names of the sails and parts of the ship, with considerable knowledge of navigation, and of the islands he was to visit, whatever information passengers and sailors could furnish. It was a happy, stormy voyage altogether. In roughing it, he has given us some account of it. It was the 18th of March when he arrived at Honolulu, and his first impression of that tranquil harbor remained with him always. In fact, his whole visit there became one of those memory pictures, 
full of golden sunlight and peace to be found somewhere in every human past the letters of introduction he had brought and the reputation which had preceded him guaranteed him welcome and hospitality officials and private citizens were alike ready to show him their pleasant land and he fairly reveled in its delicious air its summer warmth its soft repose oh islands there are on the face of the deep where the leaves never fade and the skies never weep he quotes in his notebook and adds went with mr damon to his cool vine-shaded home no careworn or eager anxious faces in this land of happy contentment god what a contrast with california and the washoe and in another place they live in the s i no rush no worry merchant goes down to his store like a gentleman at nine goes home at four and thinks no more of business till next day damned san f style of wearing out life he fitted in with the languorous island existence but he had come for business and he lost not much time he found there a number of friends from washoe including the rev mr rising whose health had failed from overwork by their direction and under official guidance he set out on oahu one of the several curious horses he has immortalized in print and accompanied by a pleasant party of ladies and gentlemen encircled the island of that name crossed it and recrossed it visited its various battlefields returning to honolulu lame sore sunburnt but triumphant his letters home better even than his union correspondence reveal his personal interest and enthusiasms i have got a lot of human bones which i took from one of these battlefields i guess i will bring you some of them i went with the american minister and took dinner this evening with the king's grand chamberlain who is related to the royal family and though darker than a mulatto he has an excellent english education and in manners is an accomplished gentleman he is to call for me in the morning we will visit the king in the palace after dinner they called in the singing girls and we had some beautiful music sung in the native tongue it was his first association with royalty and it was human that he should air it a little in the same letter he states i will sail in a day or two on a tour of the other islands to be gone two months in roughing it he has given us a picture of his visits to the islands their plantations their volcanoes their natural and historic wonders he was an insatiable sightseer then and a persevering one the very name of a new point of interest filled him with an eager enthusiasm to be off no discomfort or risk or distance discouraged him 
with a single daring companion a man who said he could find the way he crossed the burning floor of the mighty crater of kilauea then in almost constant eruption racing across the burning lava floor jumping wide and bottomless crevices when a misstep would have meant death by and by marlette shouted stop i never stopped quicker in my life i asked what the matter was he said we were out of the path he said we must not try to go on until we found it again for we were surrounded with beds of rotten lava through which we could easily break and plunge down one thousand feet i thought eight hundred would answer for me and was about to say so when marlette partly proved his statement crushing through and disappearing to his armpits they made their way across at last and stood the rest of the night gazing down upon a spectacle of a crater in quivering action a veritable lake of fire they had risked their lives for that scene but it seemed worth while his open-air life on the river and the mining camps had prepared samuel clemens for adventurous hardships he was thirty years old with his full account of mental and physical capital his growth had been slow but he was entering now upon his golden age he was fitted for conquest of whatever sort and he was beginning to realize his power end of chapter fifty two a commission to the sandwich islands read by john greenman